Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The following is a special KMOX sports presentation. Welcome to the Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. We do welcome you into the program. My name is Matt Pauley. It is a strike zone hour of Sports Open Line. We are uh, taking you till 7 o'clock this evening. We've got a, a busy hour planned for you, including uh, we'll talk a little St. Louis Blues hockey. Jamie Rivers, the analyst for uh, Bally Sports Midwest, now going into the season as the full-time analyst. Got the chance to talk to him earlier this week at Bush Stadium, and we'll uh, replay my conversation with him coming up in just a few moments. And and uh, we got uh, another thing or two up our sleeves before all is said and done here in this uh, 6 o'clock hour. Cardinals, they lose earlier today as they end up falling to the Brewers by a 6 nothing score. And now just three home games remaining. They're going to spend the next week on the road. They'll go to San Diego for a weekend series. Then they'll head to Milwaukee for a set against the Brewers. And they'll be back coming up next weekend when they're going to take on uh, Cincinnati on a weekend that is going to be really focused in on uh, Adam Wainwright and what he has done. So while we say goodbye to Adam Wainwright in terms of his uh, major league career, uh, really what we're continuing to watch the rest of the way is what guy, what young guys are doing and what they're able to do is they continue to take steps forward or maybe take steps back. And as we uh, build the future sponsored by Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data communication needs, Today we saw another error, a couple errors that were committed by Jordan Walker. They were on the same play. It was a fielding error and a throwing error. Uh, we saw him have a tough play the other day uh, where he dove for a ball and where it was nowhere near it. And this has been a really good year for Jordan Walker. And I don't want to take anything away from what he has done. I mean, his numbers hitting 274, 16 home runs, 47 RBIs, 789 OPS playing a position in the outfield at the major league level that he really hasn't played that much of. He was a high schooler just a few years ago. Then he's coming up as a third baseman and midway through the season last year at double a, when they realize how fast he's moving up. And they also realize that he's blocked at the big league level at third base. They got to figure out a new position for him. They put him in the outfield and this is one of those seasons where now that Adam Wainwright has collected win number 200, now that the team has been mathematically eliminated from playoff contention, 
I think it's very challenging to go forward and put a full effort every night. And I I, I say that, and I hear it coming out of my mouth, and I, I'm very careful in the way I say that because I think it's actually been rather impressive that it's been quite some time that the Cardinals have basically known that they're not in the playoffs. And we continue to see really good efforts and guys playing hard. And I think effort's the wrong word. I said effort a second ago. That's not the word. Maybe it's an edge. Maybe edge is the word I'm looking for. You you play with an edge. And I think it's hard because I, I don't question the effort of a single Cardinals player recently and moving forward. And I think that's an important thing. Like they're not playing for much, but I feel like they're not they're not loafing on any given moment. But how tough is it to come to the ballpark? You're a human being and maybe not have that edge that you would have if the games meant a little bit more. And for a Jordan Walker being a young player playing deep into the season, playing this late in the year really for one of the first times ever, and just going through what has been a year of learning for him, I feel like at this point he's accomplished just about everything that he can accomplish. And I'm not trying to give him a free pass for maybe some of these misplays that have been made in the outfield, although I do think that when you do take a step back and really look at where he's been and how he got here and the the lack of experience in the outfield. I think he's done a commendable job and he's gotten better, but to be perfectly blunt and perfectly honest with you, when, um, when I saw the errors that were made today, when I saw that diving play the other day, the only thought that went through my head was, you know, it's, it's time for the season to be over. It's time for, Jordan Walker to get to go into a standard offseason as a major league baseball player to do the work that he's going to do to continue to be a better outfielder. I just, I don't think there's a whole lot left for him to accomplish this year. And it's a tough environment at this point when you're going out there and playing every day and and the games don't mean quite as much. It's really a weird spot to be. I was talking about this with Kevin Wheeler earlier during the Dave Glover show. This is a team that prior to them being eliminated from postseason contention had had, what, like three days of not being in postseason contention since the start of the 2011 season. That is a remarkable, a remarkable run of playing games that matter. And that number is essentially going to quadruple with the 11 games I think it is that they'll play since being eliminated from playoff contention. This is just something that we do not see, even in some of these years where the Cardinals aren't, are not going to get into the playoffs. They're, they're still in contention. They're not eliminated until a little bit further into the season than what they are right now. And I do think there was an exhale that occurred when Wainwright won his 200th. I, I heard it from a lot of people. I, I heard kind of the idea that, you know what, the, everything that was left to be accomplished this season has been accomplished when Wainwright won his 200th. At some point in time, the focus of the season, the last thing to really accomplish was Wainwright's 200th win, and he got to that, and then there was an exhale, but then there's also 
a handful of games that are left to be played. So they'll play in San Diego, they'll play in Milwaukee, and then next weekend they've got Cincinnati, and the Reds might still be fighting for a playoff spot. So the Cardinals uh, could certainly impact the playoff race there. By the time they see the Brewers again, the Brewers will probably have clinched the division. The Padres aren't really in contention. So the last opportunity for the Cardinals to impact the playoff race will likely be when uh, they match up against the Reds coming up next weekend. All right, uh, we will take a break. When we come back, we'll shift gears. We'll talk some uh, Blues hockey. I got the opportunity to talk with Bally Sports Midwest analyst and former Blue Jamie Rivers earlier this week when he was out at Bush Stadium. I'll play that interview for you coming up in just a moment. It is a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLV.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is America's Sports Voice. GigaMoX. Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX. I've been trying to get sports producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski to use this music. And then he always likes to use another bit of music. And I just said, when are you going to start using the music that I want you to use? And he's like, I am. And I really, at that point, decided to listen to what he was playing. And yeah, he's playing the music I want him to play. I'm not always the... uh, Sharpest crayon in the box, or brightest crayon in the box, sharpest knife in the drawer, whatever it is. Not always that. But we do welcome you back into the program. Earlier this week, uh, Jamie Rivers, now the lead analyst for Blues Broadcast on Valley Sports Midwest. He was out at Bush Stadium. He threw a first pitch. Now, I got the chance to uh, interview him. I knew it was going to be playing later on the week. Uh, we have not had any sports open lines until tonight. So when I interview, I just put all the cards out on the table. When I interviewed him, we did not yet know that Braden Shin is the captain of the team. So just putting that all out there, that uh, the conversation is just a little bit outdated, just in the sense that we did not get the opportunity to talk about that because that announcement had not yet been made, but everything else uh, certainly is uh, relevant in this conversation as we look forward to Blues season. The Blues opening up uh, camp uh, today, and there's obviously a lot of intrigue. I think there's a fair amount of optimism, but even more intrigue on what this team is going to look like. A very different looking team than this time last year. And I think it's hard to put expectations upon this team 
Just we don't we don't totally know what to expect out of it. But nonetheless, I got the opportunity to talk with uh, Rivers, now Bally Sports Midwest analyst, uh, lead analyst, former Blues player, and I asked him what it's like for him since uh, getting uh, the big job as he moves into uh, the spot that uh, Darren Pang had been in uh, for a good number of years. Yeah, you know it's been it's been really great in a lot of different ways. I guess you know doing it kind of spot duty the last couple of years. Yeah, you, know, you just kind of think, well, it's just just another year of doing some broadcasting. But realizing now that there's a lot more that goes into it, um, you know, and very proud to represent the you know the Blues at the same time as Bally Sports and doing my job and just. <sighs> Just love it. I have a lot of fun with it, and I just can't wait for the season to get started. We're basically training camp getting underway. I mean, hockey stuff is happening. Guys are on the ice. As a former player, do the juices kind of start getting, you know, going for you a little bit this time? Yeah, a little bit. You know, um, I'm lucky from the sense that I still have the privilege of being out there with some of these guys, doing some skill work and running some practices, just off-season stuff, because none of their coaches are technically allowed to be on the ice. So they'll call me and have me run them through a practice. That really gets the juices flowing. You're out there with the guys. They're snapping the puck around. They're getting ready for training camp. And you can see them ramping it up. And as a former player, you want to try and ramp it up too, but you're ramping it up for no reason almost because you're not still playing. So from that standpoint, it uh, it's, a, it's a little exciting. And, uh, I, yeah, this time of year is always great. Who are some of the guys that maybe you work with in the offseason that you've seen really take some steps forward? Yeah, you know, Colton Pareko has really taken um, uh, uh, this offseason very, very seriously. I know that, you know, like all Blues players right now, you know, they're not happy with the way last season went. And mm-hmm. so they want to bounce back here. They want to kind of show Blues fans and the hockey world that that was kind of a one-off, that they're a much better team than that. So guys like Pareko, Robert Thomas, Braden Shen, Oscar Sundquist, Pavel Buchnevich, these guys have all been out skating for well, quite a few weeks now, and I know that they've got you know, all the guys are here now because camp starts in just a couple of days. But those guys have been at it all summer, taking it pretty seriously. I don't know if this question is going to make sense, but we have such a great hockey community. We see so many former Blues stay in St. Louis after they're done. Does that almost help the off-season system when there's so many? You know, the 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 legacy of Blues hockey is always in the city, if that makes any sense. Yeah, well, I think, the, look, you always have a certain level of comfort as a player with former players because you know they've been there, done that, and if, if nothing else, they can offer some advice or they can help out. And sometimes, you know, you go for lunch with these guys and they pick your brain on certain things, and other times they call you and ask you to run a practice for them. It's because they look at former players as a safe space to where you're just like they were. You've walked a mile in their shoes. And so I think that that's always important. And here in St. Louis, it's unbelievable how many Blues alumni have stuck around. I think there's something like 50 guys that live in and around the St. Louis area. So at any given time, you can get a whole bunch of guys together in a room or in an area. Uh, and it's always great. It's, it's, it's wonderful to be amongst those guys still post-career uh, in a great city like St. Louis. The roster looks different. That started, obviously, last year at the trade deadline, and some more things have happened since then uh, as this team tries to get back to being that perennial playoff team, trying to get back to a place where they can win a cup. Do you like what's happened with the roster here over the last year or so? Yeah, I think Army's done a real good job. You know, I think Doug Armstrong deserves a lot of credit from the standpoint of he identified that the team wasn't good enough, 
he went public with his plans, basically say, hey, look, we're, we're going to trade away anybody who's going to be an unrestricted free agent. We're going to look to rebuild through the draft. But at the same time, we're not doing a rebuild. We're doing a retool. We want to be right back in the playoffs again next year. And I think the acquisition of guys like Kevin Hayes and then Oscar Sundquist, that goes a long way, too. You've solidified the middle of your ice pretty well with those guys, and it shows that you're adding NHL-level talent. You're not just relying upon young guys. If it doesn't work out, well, it's just another rebuild year. Uh, so I really like what Army's done with the roster, and I think that Craig Berube is super motivated this year to get these guys going. You mentioned Oscar Sundquist. There's something about a guy who wants to be in a certain spot, and he clearly wants to be in St. Louis. He loves it here. He absolutely loves it here. Uh, he still had a home here, even though he had been traded to Detroit and then he went on to Minnesota. He still came back here in the summers. And so I thought that was kind of a no-brainer for the Blues to sign Oscar Sundquist. He took a real team-friendly deal as well because, obviously, salary cap era. You've got to have a couple of guys that are willing to take team-friendly deals. And Oscar Sundquist, I think he looks at this as an opportunity to get back here in St. Louis, get some meaningful minutes under his belt, and you know, try to maybe drive up the market for himself for next year too. But, yeah, Sonny's a great dude, and it's always great to bring back guys who want to wear the blue note. Just a couple more moments with uh, Jamie Rivers. They made a move, kind of an under-the-radar move here recently. Uh, they signed to a, the professional tryout deal, Nick Ritchie. He's He scores goals. I mean, you look at his numbers, and you feel like this isn't a guy who should be coming in on a PTO. Well, first of all, he was a 10th overall pick in the first round, his draft year. And that does say a lot about the guy. But then you look at the minutes that he's played, he really didn't get a lot of ice time last year, but still put up 13 goals. Yeah. And he's a big dude, 6'3", 225. He likes to get in on the forecheck. He likes to be physical in front of the net. He does have that goal-scoring ability. I think that if Nick Ritchie comes to camp and just performs the way he has in the past, I think he will sign a contract here with the Blues. And he'll be a part of this team. I think Craig Berube's looking for that size, that speed, that tenacious forecheck. He wants some of that physicality. You know, I think the Blues got away from some of that identity last year. And I think now adding guys like Kevin Hayes at 6'5", Oscar Sundquist at 6'3", and now Nick Ritchie at 6'3". Like, these are big dudes. And I think that's going to make a difference for this team. When you bring in a guy on a tryout deal... You're bringing in a guy who's trying to take somebody's job. How important is that to the the competition of camp when you know there's a guy sitting next to you who wants your spot? Well, yeah, there's a guy sitting next to you who wants to take your job, and there's other guys that want to take your ice time. And that's what you want. You had a losing season last year. You didn't make the playoffs. I want a pack of hungry wolves come training camp that want to outplay the guy beside them. You're play, you know, you're playing for your livelihood. And a guy like Nick Ritchie, he's playing for a contract. He doesn't have a contract at all, so he's going to try and take somebody's job and when you do that, when you have everybody pushing each other that hard, you have there's nowhere to go but up. You're raising the level of compete within your team. And for Craig Berube, it's all about compete. That's what he says all the time. I need guys that compete. So if you're able to fabricate that just because there's competition for ice time in training camp, that's always a plus. We're talking to you before Cardinals game. Are you throwing out a first pitch tonight? Is that right? Yeah, I'm throwing out first pitch tonight. You know, I had to stretch out and limber up a little bit. I had to, Maybe talk to Wayne. I'll pick his brain. I know he's going for yeah. 200 tonight, but, you know, my first pitch is more important, of course. Of course. Are you going to the top of the mound? You go, have you made your decision yet? Uh, I think I was going to go on the top of the mound, but I look at it a certain way where I'm like, a lot of guys work really hard to get that moment to stand on a Major League Baseball mound. And I don't want to disrespect that hard work. I, I think that... It's like know, touching the Stanley Cup? A little bit, yeah. you know? Like, I think that these guys, they get that moment where like, they get to stand on the mound for the very first time, especially here at Bush Stadium. And here I am, you know, a hockey analyst now standing on the mound. 
I think I'll stand right in front of it just not to disrespect the guys who've earned it. Fair enough. That's Jamie Rivers. He's uh, now the lead analyst on the Valley Sports Midwest Blues broadcast. Jamie, great to see you. Thank you very much. That was my conversation with Jamie Rivers. Obviously happened uh, a few days ago because Adam Wainwright had not yet won his 200th game. Maybe that was the good luck charm. Maybe Rivers got the mound ready for Adam Wainwright before Wainwright won his uh, 200th game. But appreciate uh, Jamie stopping by our uh, studio there at Bush Stadium, and this is our first opportunity to be able to uh, play that interview. As, again, the Blues today, in real time, uh, they were onto the, uh, they're on the practice ice, and they are getting uh, officially underway with training camp as the season is right around the corner. We'll take a break, have more in a moment. How about City SC, the playoff-bound City SC? That's pretty cool. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment. And also, uh, this got mentioned during uh, Total Information PM. Could there be another professional soccer team headed to St. Louis? We'll discuss that in just a moment. It's Graybar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. He's America's sports voice, KMOX. Gray Bar Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley, sports producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski alongside. Matt, did you see? Are you very sad? Are you in mourning that the Guns N' Roses concert that was previously postponed has now been officially canceled? Uh, I got to tell you, I'm not, not the biggest GNR fan. Hmm. But if it's good for St. Louis, I'm disappointed that they didn't get to reschedule it. The um, I don't think the ticket sales were quite what people. There's a lot of conspiracy theories to go along with why that concert was postponed. They said health issues. Of course, Guns N' Roses has a uh, interesting history. You're you are significantly younger than me. Are you familiar? I know the with the Guns N' Roses history in St. Louis and the yeah. uh, it's not a riot, but what happened at Riverport uh, back in the day and. Axel getting arrested and leaving the country on the international tour and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I was a stagehand for a summer at the amphitheater. Okay. And there were some long, long time serving employees who were there back. I don't know what year it happened, but people who were at the who were at that concert that night were still there when I was working and just told stories about it. It was just mayhem. I think there's still people out there that St. Louisans dislike Guns N' Roses. I, I, if that concert did not happen because of ticket sales and not because of illness, my belief is that it is at least partially connected to a certain contingent of people in St. Louis who will not support Guns N' Roses because of what happened back in the early 90s. But Guns N' Roses, they would surely know the ticket sales before they erected a stage on Bush Stadium. I don't know. It seems like such a lot of work They did play, what, like 2017 or something? I don't know what ticket sales were like then. So this would have been their second show. But yeah, that's this is sports adjacent because it was supposed to happen at Bush Stadium. So that's how we can uh, go with that. Because the original announcement with that, that was postponed, they would reschedule. Dates have been added to their tour, and St. Louis is not on there and is now officially canceled. Sorry, everybody. You know where that really stinks is if you're somebody who went through a ticket broker and you paid over face value for a ticket, I don't think you can, I don't think you get the over face value back. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Maybe you do. Maybe the more well-established, reputable ticket brokers are uh, are better when it comes to that. 
Uh, congratulations. No way to segue to this. Congratulations to uh, City SC yesterday. Uh, they played to a scoreless tie against LAFC. LAFC is really good. Uh, so, and they look like they certainly belonged uh, on the field with them. So I think that's, that's, that I think it was a little bit of a step forward. We can certainly question, uh, the way cities played here over the last month or so, but I, I don't think they played poorly yesterday. You would have loved to have seen them, uh, get one in the back of the net and come away with a victory. But then much later, after a bunch of other stuff happened across uh, major league soccer, uh, they eventually are able to officially clinch a playoff berth, which is look up. I never claim to be a soccer expert, but I do know when things are impressive in the world of sports and for a team playing in an expansion year and for a team that basically every talking head, every soccer expert out there is the, I would, is there anybody, is there a single person out there that predicted this publicly for city SC? Is there a single one? Can anybody provide that? If you can prov- I want to talk to this person if there is somebody. If you are aware, I'm not aware, so I'll, I'll go to you. You can text in 314-436-7900. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. If there was any talking head, any legitimate soccer pundit out there, that before the season got started, that made a prediction that gets even in the neighborhood of being correct about what City SC was going to be this year, I want to talk to that person because this was one of those things where it was unanimous across the board that City was not going to be very good. And they have been the exact opposite of that. You know, even like I was completely wrong when it came to the Cardinals this year. I wear that. I have no problem telling you that my prediction this year for the Cardinals was as wrong as it could be. You can go find the tapes if you want, but I'll tell you what I said before the season got started, that they were going to be in the neighborhood of 90 wins and they were going to win the Central by double digits. That was my prediction. I It's a silly thing now to look back on. I was as wrong as you could be. I wasn't alone, though. The vast majority of people out there said that. But you know what? There were people before the season got started. There definitely were people. I think every single one of them loved texting into KMOX. There were people who were very clear that they were worried about this Cardinals team. They didn't think the team had enough pitching. All the issues that basically popped up during the season, there were people out there that got that right before the season got started. I thought those people were wrong. Turns out I was wrong. They were right. This is one with City SC. I don't remember seeing a single person before the season got started saying that this team had any chance to be good. Like not even, I don't even remember anybody saying, you know what, they if everything falls right for them, they can be like a 500 team and they can kind of hang around in playoff contention for a while. The overwhelming assessment from everybody was that City was just going to be bad. And now here they are, one of the top teams in the league. It really, it's such a remarkable story. And then you add what they've done on the field to the fact that the soccer world has just taken notice of St. Louis in a big way because of what City Park has become and the way the fans have supported this team and how these games are truly events. There's there's not much of a tougher ticket to be able to get right now than a ticket to go to a City SC game. And when they when they're in the postseason, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole lot of fun. 
with that, and we mentioned this during Total Information PM, uh, City SC CEO Carolyn Kendall uh, spoke at a um, at a sports business conference and said that her family and the team is looking at the possibility of adding another soccer team, another professional soccer team, but on the women's side of things with the NWSL. Uh, the NWSL is going to uh, award another franchise that would begin play in 2026. They recently uh, sold off their 15th franchise to an ownership group in Boston. That cost $53 million. And uh, now there is a possibility that uh, St. Louis could get involved here. That's That would be interesting to see what kind of support. That's a, that's a league that gets top-level women's players and there's been some controversy that's gone along with that league here in recent years, but uh, the way the way St. Louis supports soccer, I would have to think that if you brought an NWSL team in and had them playing at City Park, that it would get pretty good uh, support and pretty good attendance. So just something to kind of keep in the back of your mind when you think about the different uh, kind of properties or the different portfolio of uh, of teams that are in uh, St. Louis with. Obviously, what's in place uh, a few months ago it was announced that uh, in the Reborn Arena Football League that St. Louis is going to uh, get one of those teams. Just seeing the different things that could be added to St. Louis. Speaking of football, I don't know if you saw this a few days ago, the XFL and the USFL are currently in talks to merge. And you always thought that th- th- there's not going to be a world where those two leagues could each exist. There's the market for spring football from a national standpoint anyways, that's, that's a tough market. And we'll see, I think the XFL especially, and we look at it maybe a little bit different here in St. Louis because of the way that we do support the Battle Hawks, but it's a, it, it's a tough road to hoe when, it, when, you, when you think about the infrastructure cost of running a football league and then the amount of eyes nationally you need on it for it to be valued as a TV property, which is where you're going to bring in all your money, it's a it's a big challenge. So even though the XFL schedule and the USF, USFL schedule did not totally overlap, it never really felt like that both those leagues would be able to continue to exist simultaneously. The thought was either they're going to have to merge or one was going to go out of business. Neither is probably making all that much money. Uh, the USFL is essentially a made-for-TV product that's owned by Fox. You've got uh, the Rock and the the Red Capital Group that, uh, or the Redbird Capital Group, I should say, that uh, runs the XFL, and there's some other parties involved in that. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out and what the XFL or whatever that league ends up being called. I feel like the name XFL has more equity to it than USFL, even though USFL has history to it going back. I feel like right now, and again, I'm saying this in St. Louis, uh, but it feels like if one of those two names would have to continue to exist, the XFL would make a a little bit more sense. But I may not be completely locked into uh, which one of those 
league names has more equity from a national standpoint. All right, we'll take uh, one more break, and when we come back, we'll get back in the Cardinals. I always say on days of uh, week uh, weekday day games that you know we don't take phone calls during the extra inning show after a weekday day game, and I always want to give you that opportunity to talk Cardinals uh, baseball here during Sports Open Line. So if you've got anything to say about the Cardinals, we will open up the phone lines. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll talk all things Cardinals baseball when we return. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Our sports open line continues. It is the strike zone hour. What's on deck is sponsored by Chesterfield fence and deck. The sign you have the very best Cardinals open up a series against the Padres tomorrow evening. Dakota Hudson on the mound. He's six and two with a 5.12 ERA eight forty first pitch seven forty five. Our broadcast time. Anytime there's a Cardinals day game, we generally don't take phone calls during the extra inning show. So I always tell you, we'll give you an opportunity to talk, call in and talk Cardinals baseball during sports open line. That's exactly what we're doing right now. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. Let's start with Jill. Hey, Jill, you're on sports open line. Hey, thanks for taking my call because I would like to get your, uh, your take on the pitchers the starting pitchers that the Cardinals might go for in 24 as Mosellock, you know, he said, that's what we're building for is 24. I would just think who would they go for, whether it be free agents or trades? Yeah. From a free agent standpoint, I appreciate the phone call, Jill. I think the names that most recently have gotten uh, the most run have been Blake Snell and also um, Aaron Nola. And if you can get one of those two guys, that would be that'd be I think Snell would be the the top guy. There's a lot of other pitchers that are going to be available. And I do think you need to land a true number one. And those are the kind of the guys that we're talking about, especially Snell. We we can argue one way or the other on Nola. Nola's not having as great of a year. Uh, Kevin Wheeler and I were talking uh, earlier today. He was talking a lot about uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, who's pitching for Detroit. He's got an opt-out. He is likely to opt-out of that deal. Um, Sonny Gray was a name that uh, Kevin mentioned to me as as a possibility. Would you bring back a Jordan Montgomery? Is that going to be something that is uh, potentially a, a possibility? There's a there's a lot of guys who are going to be available. Marcus Stroman has an opt out. Is he somebody that uh, would become available? And then there's probably a bunch of guys that we're not mentioning that maybe they could get involved with on the trade market. Here's the startling thing about this. Maybe maybe startling is the wrong word. Here's the thing to keep an eye on. The Cardinals need a true number one pitcher. They need more than that, but he needs to start with a true number one top of the rotation pitcher. They are not the only team to need that. Pitching is the most expensive thing that exists in baseball, whether it's a free agent or whether you are acquiring someone via trade. There's a number of teams that are somewhat in the same position as the Cardinals that need that kind of pitching. So the Cardinals haven't really been a team that have gotten into bidding wars with other teams for players and come out ahead. Uh, There's a few times where they've been close and they've been outbid. More often than not, they're not really involved in situations like that. So 
they're going to have to come out of their comfort zone, I think, a little bit this offseason if they want to do what they need to do. And I think they know they need to do it. That John Mosaloc's doing this to himself when he when he sits there and says pitching, 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 and then double da- doubles down on pitching, pitching, pitching the next time he talks with the media. Like he is he is throwing it out there that they know they need more pitching. And it's not going to be an easy thing to do. It's going to be a very challenging thing to do. It's going to either cost a whole lot of money or it's going to cost a whole lot of prospect capital. Whatever it's going to be, there is going to be a cost to it. My preference is that they go spend a lot of money because I think they've got a lot of really good young players that could turn into something, and I don't want to see those players exit the organization. But if they don't do so well on the free agent market, then all of a sudden maybe they have to revisit uh, the trade market. So I I don't know, Jill, if those were the answers that you were looking for. We certainly mentioned a a few names out there. There's, There's a lot of free agent pitchers, but how many of them do you really feel comfortable saying this is your number one pitcher. If you're in the postseason this year, that this is the guy that's going to go win you game number one of a postseason series. And the Cardinals need to uh, need to find that and more, and they need to find relief pitching. There's just, again, pitching, pitching, pitching. That's going to be the slogan of the offseason. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of a Strike Zone Hour of Sports Open Line. Thanks so much for being tuned in right here on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.